All right. Well, hello and welcome back for episode 12 of the Path Podcast. We're glad that you're here. I am Jason. I'm Derek. And today we're going to be um, digging into a passage that's very somber, um, but also uh, a passage where we're going to find a lot of hope as well as followers of Christ. And so uh, this, uh, this week, I hope that you'll uh, enjoy what we're talking about because this is sort of the pinnacle of our Christian faith. And, um, and, uh, we're, we're, I'm really excited about it. I'm excited about talking about it. Um, but before we do that, um, just want to give you a couple of announcements. Uh, first off is that on August, um, August, April the 10th, uh, we will, that is good Friday. Um, and we're going to have an online good Friday service and a good Friday service is a time for us to reflect on the cross. Uh, we'll talk that evening a lot about what we're going to talk about, uh, in this passage, but um, I'd encourage you to join us. That'll be at seven o'clock and we'll go live on Facebook uh, and we'll just be uh, an abbreviated service, but time for us to just reflect on what our God did for us at the cross, what our Savior did. Uh, and Derek is going to share with you about what we're doing on Easter morning. Pretty exciting stuff. Yeah, we, we're really excited about Easter Sunday morning. Uh, you know what? Uh, we're in a unique day uh, in our history. Uh, my prayer is uh, years from now, we'll look back and think, man, uh, this was crazy, but look at what God did. Yeah. And, um, and so I think this could be so awesome uh, and so fruitful for the kingdom. And that's, we're going to do drive-in church on Easter Sunday. Um, we're actually going to do two services, uh, nine o'clock and 11 o'clock. We're also going to have our 1030 stream come out just like normal, but we're going to do drive in church. We, we wanted to find a way when, um, kind of all this thing came about and we can't meet and, you know, uh, in person, uh, we just couldn't bear the thought of having Easter without having some kind of um, gathering uh, that meets the you can't gather <laughs> stipulation. Uh, and so we're going to do drive-in church, man. It's going to be amazing. Uh, we're going to do two of those services just because we feel like our parking lot and the parking lot of the old high school are going to fill up. Uh, we pray for both of those. And so uh, but we encourage you to come on out and invite some folks maybe to come. Uh, we won't be able to get out and greet one another. We're going to be very um, strict about uh, stay in your car, keep your windows up. We'll have an FM transmitter. So you just turn your radio on to a certain station. Uh, we'll tell you what that is as we get closer, and you'll be able to hear what we're doing. So... Um, Anyway, we're, we're looking forward to it. It's going to be awesome, and we can't wait to see you, uh, even if it's through windows and windshields. Yeah. Uh, we'll wave. Uh, an appropriate gesture gesture that day would be uh, the finger guns, of course. <laughs> and so, uh, <laughs> so we can't wait to see you guys for that. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, if you could, there's already we already have an event up on Facebook, and if you could – 
kind of RSVP to let us know which one you're going to come to. That would be great just to help us sort of plan. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so, so check that out on our Facebook page at Lafayette first. And, um, and we, we look forward to that. It's gonna be a great day. All right. So um, today we're going to be in the second half of John chapter 19. Uh, so I'm going to read this for us and then um, we'll discuss here for a few minutes. Though. So I'm going to start in um, John chapter 19, starting in verse 17. So they took Jesus and he went out bearing his own cross to the place called the place of a skull, which in Aramaic is called Golgotha. There they crucified him and with two and with him two others, one on either side and Jesus between them. Pilate wrote an inscription and put it on the cross. It read, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. Many of the Jews read this inscription for the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city and it was written in Aramaic, in Latin and in Greek. So the chief priests and the Jews said to Pilate, do not write the King of the Jews, but rather this man said, I am King of the Jews. Pilate answered, what I have written, I have written. When the soldiers had crucified Jesus, they took his garments and divided them into four parts, one for each soldier, also his tunic. But his tunic was seamless, woven in one piece from top to bottom. So they said to one another, let's not tear it, but cast lots for it to see whose it'll be. This was to fulfill the scripture, which said, they divided my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. So the soldiers did these things, but standing by the cross of Jesus were his mother and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, that's John, by the way, he said to his mother, woman, behold your son. And then he said to the disciple, behold your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her as, uh, to his own home. Verse 28. After this, Jesus, knowing that all was now finished, said to fulfill scripture, I thirst. A jar full of sour wine stood there, so they put a sponge full of the sour wine on a hyssop branch and held it to his mouth. When Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, it is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Since it was the day of preparation, and so that the bodies would not remain on the cross on the Sabbath, for that Sabbath was a high day, the Jews asked Pilate that their legs might be broken and that they might be taken away. So the soldiers came and broke the legs of the first and of the other who had been crucified with him. But when they came to Jesus and saw that he, had already, he was already dead, they did not break his legs. But one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear, and at once there came out blood and water. He who saw it was born, has borne witness. His testimony is true, and he knows that he is telling the truth that you also may believe. For these things took place that the scripture might be fulfilled. Not one of his bones were broken. And again, another scripture says, they will look on him whom they have pierced. After these things, Joseph, Joseph of Arimathea, who was a disciple of Jesus, but secretly for fear of the Jews, asked Pilate that he might take away the body of Jesus. Pilate gave him permission. So he came and he took away his body. Nicodemus also, who had earlier come to Jesus by night, came bringing a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about 75 pounds in weight. So they took the body of Jesus and bound it in linen cloths with the spices, as is the burial custom of the Jews. Now in the place where he was crucified, there was a garden, and in the garden, a new tomb in which no one had yet been laid. So because of the Jewish day of preparation, since the tomb was close at hand, they laid Jesus there. 
So pretty somber passage. Um, very graphic, if we're being honest. Um, it's difficult to read through. Um, but at the same time, it's something that we need to embrace because uh, it is at this point that Jesus is purchasing salvation for us. Um, and so today, for a few minutes, let, let's talk about um, let's talk about Jesus's concern for others at the cross. Now, I, I think it's important for us to first and foremost, the ultimate concern of Jesus at the cross is God's glory. Um, and let, let's not get that twisted in any way. God's glory is the ultimate purpose there. And God is glorified in this. But at the same time, as sort of a secondary issue, Jesus has incredible concern for others at the cross as well. Um, and so, Derek, if you don't mind, talk to, us, talk to us for a few minutes about some things that we see happen here at the cross that shows Jesus's concern for others. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, number one, we see, um, or the primary thing is that we see Jesus uh, looks down and sees his mom there, you know, and um, I think all of us guys, you know, if we have a, a good relationship with our mom, we can kind of identify yeah. a little bit, you know, this idea of, hey, there's my mom, um, you know, as, as a firstborn son, and Jesus was, uh, and, and we can gather from scripture that his dad had passed away. He had kind of moved into a, a, a place of caring for her, uh, watching over her, making sure she's okay. And so Jesus, though he is God, we see in his humanity in this moment, uh, this tender moment of him and his mom, he's concerned about, uh, will she be taken care of? Who will be there to take care of her? At this point, none of his brothers were believers in his um, what he was doing or anything like that. They came to that later, we, found, we find from reading scripture. And so he sees out in the crowd, he sees his mom, he sees the uh, disciple whom he loved, which is John's way of saying, that's me. Uh, and so um, he says, mom, you know, uh, mom, uh, Mary, this is your son now. And uh, John, this is your mom. So Jesus has this tender moment of care for his mom, this tender moment of care for the disciple whom he loved. Uh, of course, the, the fact that he's enduring this, yes, number one, is the glory of God. It's the purpose of God. It's, it's all of this. It's the will of God. But it's also um, for you, for me. He's enduring the cross to purchase redemption, to purchase atonement for lost sinners. Um, and, and we get a glimpse of that in his um, three words in English, but just one word, um, in, in, um, which is to telestai, or it is finished. And so uh, this idea of what he had done, he had accomplished. Uh, he had come and accomplished this. The difficulty is it seems very final, you know. Uh, we've been talking about the path for so long um, that Jesus took. It seems like this is the end of the path. Of course, we know that that's not true, uh, but it does have this, this heaviness of the finality of, um, you know, he's He's finding a, 
a place for his mom, a place for, uh, you know, the, the disciple whom he loved. Uh, so, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's very heavy, as you said, or, or it's, you know, it, it's hard to read, but um, yeah. Yeah. I think um, you, you brought up the, it is finished. Um, and I, you know, English does not do really an adequate job of capturing what to tell us die means um, that, that, the actual word, the actual Greek word. Um, but I think even there, that's where, to your point that you're already seeing hope, uh, in that, because it, it does sound very final when you read it is finished, uh, in English, that's, that's typically the, it's the end we're done. Um, but the tense of that Greek word to get a little scholarly for just a second it, it's it's finished but it has ongoing ramifications into the future so it's like a it's a um well I'm, there's no need to get into the tenses but it but it, the the way that that word should be translated if if we wanted it to be translated accurately was it is finished and it will have implications for the future obviously that doesn't read well <laughs> at the cross but um but that's i think that's the great thing that yes the work is finished, but the ramifications of the work goes on into the future. Uh, and, and there's hope there. Um, talk, let's talk for just a second about what sort of seems like a little bit of a petty thing. Uh, but let's talk about the, the sign that's over Jesus's head at the cross. So um, it's written on there, uh, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. And we know from uh from other gospels that it's written in three different languages. Uh, well, even it says here too in Aramaic, Latin, and in Greek. Um, so anybody that was walking by could have read it and known what it said, um, basically. And so um, talk to us for a second about this whole little scene that takes place between the Jews and Pilate. Yeah, I mean, for one, I mean, Jesus is, is the very fact that he is on a cross does not in any way indicate that he was a king. So this is this is a joke. This is um, this is kind of Pilate, I think, kind of rubbing some salt in the wound of the Pharisees, who kind of are the chief priests that put his hand, uh, you know, forced his hand at this crucifixion. Yeah. Uh, Pilate, uh, in verse twelve of nineteen, says, "From that moment, Pilate kept trying to release him. He's trying." To get out of it he didn't want to do this but he felt like he was in between a, a rock and a hard place here and so this is kind of Pilate's tongue-in-cheek way of saying uh yeah well you don't you you're kind of mad at this guy because he said that he is a deity let me um let me write his name in three different languages uh and and kind of rub the salt in the wound in fact you see them say don't write that the chief priest said he says what i have written i have written you know and uh, I think I think it's great. Uh, you know, it's kind of this interesting situation um, in the midst of all this. But I think the irony is even greater. Mm. And um, you know, here he is. He's hanging on a cross, meant for thieves, meant for um, the worst criminals. And he's literally hanging in between two criminals. Mm. Uh, we don't see much about them in this gospel account. Um, but we know that, that he's, that he's there. And so the irony that I see is that 
he really is the king of the Jews, though no one is treating it seriously. Yeah. And then he's also hanging there in a sinner's place. And um, the thing that I see there, and it's not really necessarily ironic, uh, but the thing that I see there is that really um, he, he took my spot. You know, it's, uh, I deserve to be on a cross. <laughs> in the middle of two thieves, um, not, not, not Jesus. And so, um, so you see some irony there. You see this uh, jab that Pilate gives to uh, the chief priests, uh, but then you really see Jesus is there to substitute uh, for sinners. And um, it is ironic, but uh, it is true. It's ironic because he really is the king of all kings. He's not just the king of the Jews. He's the king of all kings. Yeah. And there he is hanging on the cross like a criminal. Uh, and, and the picture there is so clear. He's doing that because that's what I deserve. Mm. Yeah. It, it, I really feel like it's too, it's an, it's a continuation of the commentary from last week about um, the struggle for authority here as well. Um, because the Jews are very much, Hey, you can't, don't, don't write that. And Pilate is, Hey, listen, you have no authority here. I'm the one that's in charge. I wrote what I wrote and that's it. Uh, and yet to, to your point, the ironic thing of it all is that the one who's in authority is the one whose title they're arguing over. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and so I think that you, you still see that there's, there was such this power struggle that's going on that is such a, is such a petty secondary issue to what's actually happening. Maybe not even secondary, maybe it's on down the line more, but, um, but it, it's sad to me though, that these, these men, uh, the, you know, the Pharisees and the chief priests who think themselves so religious, think themselves so close and right with God, and they are missing what's literally right in front of their face uh, yeah. and, and the salvation that they have hoped and prayed for for centuries uh, is right in front of them and they're killing it. Yeah. So, well, that, that, and they're concerned with stuff that just doesn't even matter, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. What a sign above this criminal's head says, you know, I mean, just even the place that they took this guy, I mean, it's, this is where they normally took criminals, you know, no we kind of, we sing the, the song and I, I love the song, so I'm not shooting it at all, but you know, on a, uh, on a hill far away, mm-hmm. stood rugged cross. Well, you know, it is far away from us, but in actuality, the deaths that took place were very public deaths. It's kind of like uh, when you watch the movies and there was a lynching, you know, or a, hang, a hanging, you know, cause yeah. uh, they, they were hanging somebody because they had broken the law or whatever. Uh, people came and gathered to watch it, which is crazy, but that's true of this. And and I had the opportunity to go to Israel um, (laughs) 20 years ago now. Um, But we got to see Golgotha. We got to see this skull. We got to see this place. And you know what it is today, man? You would think it's like this holy site. Yeah. Parking lot, man. Mm. It's a parking lot for tour buses. Yeah. Um, so, you know, but it was this place that 
they brought people all the time. Um, the, these, these killings, these cross hang, you know, hangings, these public display of, of uh, capital punishment took place where people could just walk by and see it. And, um, and so, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's crazy that, you know, the, here they are, it's right in front of noses and they totally are missing it, that here's the, the lamb uh, that was promised. Yeah. Really, because it was Passover, the one they were foreshadowing. I mean, Passover was foreshadowing this. Yeah, you're exactly right. So, so they've placed this sign over his head, naming him the king of the Jews. And I think that's a, a great transition point to let, let's look at um, let's look at the end of this passage for just a few minutes. Um, the way that Jesus is buried. Um, now, Joseph of Arimathea, we, we know from, from other Gospels that he was a very wealthy man. Um, so he, he had the means to, to do what happens here. And Nicodemus was probably also a rather wealthy person as a, as a member of the Sanhedrin. Um, he, just, he was probably well off. And so these two guys, the way that they bury him, um, Jesus is not buried like just a carpenter from Galilee. Uh, he's buried like a king. Um, and so let's uh, talk to that for a few minutes about the way that Jesus is buried here. Yeah, I mean, for one, I mean, he's borrowed or he's he's buried in a borrowed tomb, you know. I mean, for one, he wasn't going to need it for very long. Of course, we don't know. <laughs> right. I mean, the, the passage, you know, if you're just reading this one passage, you don't see that yet. Of course, we know the end of the story. Um, in fact, um, just next to uh, Golgotha, in fact, from the garden tomb, you can see the skull that looks like, or the rock that looks like a skull in, in modern day Israel. Mm. And so we had the opportunity to go to the uh, garden tomb as well, which is most likely where Jesus was buried. And, uh, you know, what I love is on the door there, it says, he is not here for he's risen. Of course, we'll talk about that uh, in the weeks to come. But yeah, I mean, it's a very uh, prominent uh, place for a tomb. It was very, um, uh, you know, it, it was not what you would expect of like a small family tomb or something like that that Jesus would have had because of, uh, I mean, he would, he would have been buried most likely with Joseph. Mm -hmm. you know, he had died uh, if it was just to happen that way. But no, he was taken care of by these uh, wealthy followers that had learned to believe in Jesus, th you know, through all this, yeah. Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus, you know, those kind of guys. Uh, just the fact that Nicodemus brought um, these very expensive, uh, you know, 75 pounds of myrrh uh, and aloes. Mm -hmm. you know, Nicodemus brought those a mixture uh, to take care of Jesus. Um, you know, fragrant spices, um, you know, I mean, you know, he was, he was taken care of in this moment. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that that's, uh, again, going back to our point we made at the beginning that, um, that even though this is a very final, very sullen, very somber passage, there's hope in, at every turn. Um, I, I, I love what, um, like my mind, the way it thinks, you said, you know, he's not going to need that tomb for long. 
And um, I just, in my mind, I'm like, I think about, <laughs> think about somebody going, Hey, listen, um, can I just lay in here for a couple of days? Cause that's all I'm going to need it. Um, but is it cool if I just hang in here for, for a couple of days? Uh, and then um, again, too, this is a different conversation for a different time, but like who was buried in there after that? <laughs> you know, like if it's a bar or a tomb, how, how weird is that? But, um, but yet, so let, let's talk about for just a second, cause we're, we're running close on time here, but um, with all of these things that we've talked about, there's this, um, idea or, or there's this feeling of finality, uh, to all of this. Uh, and yet we know that the, the path continues on past this point. Um, but how important is it, or is it necessary for us to, to linger at this, at this point that seems final? Yeah, I think so. Our tendency, and, and I don't know if this is an American thing or what, our tendency is to look on the bright side. You know, it's kind of like, okay, where's where's the hope? Where's the good news? Where's the, you know, where is this? But sometimes it, it's it's helpful for us to lament. Mm. It's helpful for, for us to mourn, to weep. Uh, we, we like to move beyond that very quickly. In fact, um, you know, last night, and you know, um, at the recording of this, um, the president announced that, you know, um, there, he was in, extending his recommendations for, you know, no groups larger than 10 for an, basically another really 32 days, but another month through the end of, uh, April. And man, I was depressed. In in fact, uh, this morning was hard to get up because it was just a struggle. It's like, man, we're going to have to continue on in this kind of unprecedented way for longer than what we had expected. Yeah. Uh, of course, I mean, we kind of all knew, but yeah, again, we were hope, hopeful, hopeful, hopeful. And so like, I want to know where the hope is. I want to know where the, the good news is. I want to kind of get to the end of this. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm ready for people to stop dying because of coronavirus. I'm ready for hospitals to not be overrunning where I'm concerned about uh, the nurses in our own congregation uh, that are facing, you know, exposure day in and day out. And the ones in my own family as well, I'm ready for all this to subside and to stop. And it just doesn't seem like it's going to. And I run, I, tr I try to run to the good news, to the, the end of it or whatever. Uh, but I think it's good that we, I think it's good that we sit in this, the finality of this for a moment, mm -hmm. uh, the cross, uh, because life is not all, um, you know, it's going to be perfect exactly like we want it all the time. That's mm -hmm. really not what life is. And we can see that so clearly. And it's when we kind of get to the end of our road that we realize this is not the end. This is just a sharp curve or a turn or something. We couldn't see beyond it where it seems like this road Jesus has gone on is kind of at the edge of a cliff or whatever. And it's just done. It's just dead end. Uh, it's really just beginning. Yeah. Uh, but we can't see that now until we move on, you know, and I think it's good for us to sit in that, to contemplate, to think about, the ends that Jesus went to accomplish God's will, but also to purchase a pardon 
percentage. Yeah. Um, you know, he really went all out, you know? Yeah. His side was pierced. Um, he, he had to drink sour wine when he was thirsty. Yeah. Just, you know, and, and not to even mention just the excruciating pain that hanging on a cross would cause. Because this was, this was uh, a, a fashioned, a, a very scientifically fashioned implement of death, you know, and it, it was a l- prolonged thing. Designed to cause the most pain. Yeah. yeah. Jesus took that on. Uh, and so it's important for us to think about that, to, to lament mm-hmm. my sin was put on Jesus there. Yeah. He took on my punishment. Uh, it's right for us to lament. It's right for us to mourn. It's right for us to sit in that. And, and it just felt very uncomfortable. Yeah. Because I think it helps us to see, it makes the hope all the more hopeful. It yeah. makes the, the, the answer all the more beautiful. It makes the, 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 this resolve all the more resolved mm. it's like in music if you um you know there's a, a music uh, uh i used to know a lot more about it and i can't think of the word right now but this uh they there's certain notes that have tension to them right yeah it, it still sounds good but you couldn't just stop with that right you've got to resolve it to a, a chord, to a, a major chord. And so it's kind of like that dissonance that you get in that unresolved um, uh, chord. And that, but then, like, man, as soon as that major chord comes after it, it's like this breath of fresh air, you know? And I think that's where we got to get is we got to sit in that dissonance just a little bit longer. Yeah. Uh, so that the, the, the refrain or the, the re- resolved, uh, the resolution is even better. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you. All right. Well, um, we now turn this over to you. So um, we'd love to interact with you and hear how do you, how are you thankful for what Jesus did for you at the cross? You and I deserve to be there. And yet Jesus suffered for us. He died for us. Uh, and so we'd love to hear um, your, just your reactions to that. Um, if you'd like to, you can comment on Facebook. You can comment on the YouTube video. Um, or you can email us at thepath at lafayettefirst.life. Uh, and so we would encourage you to interact with us in those ways. Um, but that ends our discussion for today. Thank you for joining in. Um, we look forward to seeing you at, um, at our Easter service coming up. Um, but until next time, I am Jason. I'm Derek. And we appreciate you tuning in for this episode of the Path Podcast. Have a great day. Take care.